and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. As the need for us to take action to reduce planetary harm grows ever greater, interest is rightly growing in both living and investing sustainably. But once you decide to head down that path, how do you actually do it? Does it mean more recycling, driving an electric vehicle and flying less? Or does it mean investing in sustainable aviation fuel, carbon capture technology or another promising startup? In this special episode, we have broken out of our Zurich studio to speak to someone about how they have taken both living and investing sustainably to heart. I'm John Franklin, and today we're in Monaco, where I'm thrilled to be joined by former Formula One world champion turned sustainable investor and entrepreneur, Nico Rosberg. Nico, when you retired uh, from F1 as world champion in 2016, was sustainability already something on your mind at that time? Or was it something that came to you a bit later when you had a little more time? We always hear that to have success, it can be very important to have this great focus on what you're doing, you know, and dedication. And so that was actually something I was pretty good at. (laughs) So I was so focused to driving that racing car and uh, improving, you know, and making progress and focus on that next race and getting the best out of it that I really didn't think about much else. It was just family and racing. Um, so sustainability, close to zero interest, actually, in anything beyond racing. Um, my wife, on the, on the other hand, was already very interested at the time. Um, she was always like bio food and, and pushing um, no plastic and things like that. But I was a, big, a bit ignorant. Um, and so it's something that I really picked up quickly uh, right after I ended my Formula One career. What came first when you had this focus on sustainability uh, when you weren't racing? Was it living in a more sustainable manner or was it taking a look at the things you put your money towards and considering how they had an impact? So after F1, something that I did quite well was to really go out there, speak to as many interesting people as possible, Um, and get inspired, you know, find inspiration, because I really didn't know what was coming next. Um, And slowly but surely, first of all, I saw this incredible opportunity in mobility, and mobility is my home. Um, There was this huge chance to change mobility for the better. And it was happening right then, by coincidence. Just when I was retiring, the shift was happening. Tesla was starting to become interesting. Mercedes was starting to put their whole business plan. So that really captured my attention. And there was that side, and on the other side, I did a lot of psychological studies Mm -hmm. during my F1 career, firstly to become a better sports person, Mm -hmm. to perform better, but it actually taught me a lot for life. And one most important lesson for me was the importance and basic human need of all of us to contribute, yeah, to contribute to others, to society, and leave a lasting legacy in that sense. That's a basic human need of ours. And I was not very good at that. It was um, my whole racing career was quite (laughs) ego-driven. So afterwards, I, I made a decision uh, that I wanted to strive for contributing more in whatever I'm doing. Mm. Um, Not only for others, but also for myself, for my own well-being, and then also for the well-being of my family and my kids for the future. If I can inspire my kids as well with this contribution, I think that would be extremely valuable. I think we certainly need to come to the family element and sort of how you're, you're interacting with your family about sustainability later. But if we look at some investment approaches or some ventures that you've become involved in, How did you, after the research, after talking to people, 
decide this is the first thing I must put my money behind. I really want to get involved. I know that it can have a serious impact uh, on society. Well, again, first thing was mobility. And I, I've always been fascinated by the startup world. Mm. And therefore, I started to explore that. And again, via Mercedes. Mercedes made some introductions for me to mm -hmm. some key people. And very quickly, the first two were Formula E, mm -hmm. um, which is where I first connected with Julius Baer, because mm -hmm. I invested just after Julius Baer, invested in Formula E. And a bank investing into, a, into an up-and-coming racing series like that was, quite, was very bold. Mm. I mean, that was unheard of, because there was a high risk at the time still. But Julius Baer had that vision even earlier than I did, um, that electric mobility was going to be a big thing and the way to go and that it was going to um, um, be here to stay, you know. And then so I then also invested in Formula E, um, which uh, a lot of people criticized me for because I was coming from F1, the combustion engine, um, and then to this electric racing, which, well, why was I doing that? You know, what's the point? I mean, mm -hmm. Who cares about electric cars? And um, so I got a lot of criticism, but I was so convinced that this was gonna, this was gonna um, be our mobility of the future, mm. and that it was gonna come rather soon. Um, and so I invested in Formula E, and then the other one was uh, ChargePoint, which was uh, which now is a, a leading uh, charging infrastructure player in um, in the US. Um, and both investments have gone very well, actually. So this was the first indication for me that sustainability, first of all, is something where you can really contribute mm -hmm. and leave a lasting impact, but also where you can have fantastic returns and where there's no compromise on returns or even on the contrary, you can outperform. Mm -hmm. um, and these were my first two very successful examples. Now, if we take the idea of uh, backing startups, um, taking ideas uh, and them becoming more mainstream, but you started the Green Tech Festival to showcase, you know, sustainable innovations uh, and make a community of global change makers. How did that idea come about uh, and how are you seeing the initiatives that it brings to light working? So this was still because of Formula E. I went to the Berlin race where I had the honor of driving the the next generation Formula E car for the first time. I was the first driver to showcase it, which was a really nice moment. And then I was there visiting the race and it was at an airport. And then there was the track, there was the grandstands. There was a massive space around where nothing was happening. And just one month earlier, I'd been to, uh, or a couple of months earlier, I'd been to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, um, where there was starting to be this green tech uh, section, but it was not uh, dedicated and it was quite small, but I saw an opportunity there because I saw there's not really a dedicated platform as such, event platform for green tech, really like focused on green tech. Mm -hmm. So I was then at the Formula E race and I said, hey, there's nothing around here. There's 40,000 people here who love green tech, but uh, this, is a, this is a wasted opportunity. And so I spoke to Alejandro, who is the founder of Formula E. And I said, Alejandro, would you allow me to create an event around this race? And he said, sure, do it. Um, so then I, I, I went out to search for to uh, two other co-founders who had experience with, with this kind of project. And then we, uh, we put it to life. And so Green Tech Festival is really, a, it's an event essentially, yeah, where we bring together the world's leading change makers. We honor them with an award night, mm -hmm. um, bring together all the new green technology product launches. So all the newest technologies that are coming out um, to inspire, connect people, create partnerships. And it's really cross-sectorial cross as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and I'm very proud of that because I think we've been really um, making quite an impact with that. How do you take the rough with the smooth in your investments? I mean, do you look for the big wins and the long term just in case? How do you sort of 
portion out where you invest and what you invest? Um, well, in the startup world, you need to diversify a lot. You need to invest in many, many companies because you know that 80% of them are not going to go very far. You know, 50%, you probably have a 50% attrition rate and, and 30% are going to be more or less okay. And then there's going to be two moonshots, you know, and, and that's what you're going for. It's all these, it's these moonshots and that's where you make the returns. Mm -hmm. So you need to diversify a lot um, in, the, in the startup world. And in, in the liquid investments, um, so public, uh, public equities primarily, um, there, I mean, I take a very, very long-term approach, I really, uh, which is a strength of mine, mm -hmm. that I don't get, uh, uh, I don't get fussed up in the, in the daily news and things like that. Um, really long horizon, five to ten years, mm -hmm. and um, that's been going, going really well. Um, so, uh, and there, I mean, when it comes to sustainability there, I, I don't accept um, a compromise in returns mm -hmm. um, because I think about my, I'm investing for my kids and my grandkids, you know, and so, um, but I do have some strong restrictions. I mean, I don't invest in arms, I don't invest in tobacco, I don't invest in, in, um, in the oil companies. So that's just, just firm restrictions that I set. But beyond that, um, I will still invest uh, very broadly and not like 100% um, just uh, a triple A ESG, you know. Um, so that's kind of my approach. And I hope that we can, of course, shift uh, more and more um, towards getting the best returns in the world from 100% sustainable investing, but we're not quite there yet. But that makes the very important point that uh, investors who want to start down this path need to consider. Where are their red lines? What are the key things that they are trying to look at? Did you sit down with your family and decide, okay, these are our values that we have in common. This is what we want to make sure we can provide for in the future. Was it sort of a, a joined up process that you all participated in? Family was more for the how do we live our daily lives side. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, very much led by, by Vivian, my, my wife, mm -hmm. um, who's very passionate about sustainability as well. And, um, and it's also nice to tell the story to the kids and take them along on this journey. You know, that's been cool and share this with them and, and make them aware of this. And so that's a, it's a lovely, lovely process. Did you make the active decision to say, OK, how we are living at home, how we are raising our kids is going to change. And here's how we're going to do it. Um, no, not like that. And in, in any case, as I was saying, um, Vivian had always been interested in that even before I retired. So it was always kind of a part of our, our lives at home. Yeah. And then it was only afterwards that I started to take more and more interest as well. Mm. Um, and um, it's, it's really, it's just lovely as a family to have, to have this uh, striving for more sustainability. You know, it's a cool kind of project that you do together mm. and that you uh, include your kids in and it's 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 wonderful you know and it comes back to if you're able to put some more contribution and purpose like in your life it's really it brings uh brings well-being essentially as well which is great and obviously a lot of the changes that we make today will be amplified by future generations so is there a certain way that you involve the kids in learning about the decisions they're making and how they might carry these values forward through their lives well you know sustainability is also about well-being yeah as an example so we just had yesterday we had a, a, our family coach join us um <clears throat> to because of course as with every families we also have some dynamics that are not that are not 100 percent uh, wonderful you know there's some challenges in the um in the relationships basic is really that it opens a discussion which mm -hmm. already doesn't happen very much of the time so it opens a discussion he always gives us some pointers um, some ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, it's very, very, very powerful. And 
And it was lovely uh, also how yesterday then um, our kids met him for the first time. And they straight away, like Alaya, my daughter, was, was opening up on one of the challenges she has in her class with relationships with her friends. She was telling the story to the, to the family coach and engaging, and that was lovely. And then also um, I, I offered uh, him um, or his time to everybody at the office, at, at mm. our office. Um, and there was uh, a, a lot of interest, which was nice. And then two of our, two of our colleagues took some time as well with him, and they also appreciated and. And I think that's uh, that's lovely, uh, and that's all about sustainability as a f- as in the form mm. of well-being, you know, essentially. Well, that's incredibly important. And one of the things we try to work on with our families when we have multiple generations of, of clients is difference in opinion between, particularly, some of the older and younger generations. When you include your your parents or the grandparents of your kids in these decisions, is there initially any resistance? Is there sort of questioning of more sustainable approaches to things? I think your father had reservations initially about Formula E, for example. Um, How do you have those open discussions or change their mind on these matters? Um, Not sure, but really lovely was yesterday, for example, yesterday morning, because of course I'm trying to engage everybody in the family, in this family coach, you know, but for some it's like really, uh, a weird thing like what do I need a shrink for now you know it's like that's the extreme uh, view that someone may have um, and especially the old school people and uh, and slowly but surely my, my mom opened up so we're having nice conversations with my mom um, and then yesterday in morning I said dad why don't you come as well and he's like never never ever am I gonna why would I do that but he joined eventually so it was lovely so we had a cool coffee all together uh, and it's a, it didn't have to be like a extreme like discussion, you know. Mm. It, it was just a lovely coffee and lovely open conversation and relaxed, you know. That was a, it's a starting point, and and that was cool. So even managed to get my my dad to uh, to join, um, which was yeah, it was uh, it was nice. Is there an ultimate goal for you? You know, is there an equivalent of winning the championship when it comes to the ventures and the initiatives that you back? What is the the unicorn or the ideal there? Well, one goal is well-being for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a big goal for in, in the long run. Um, and then uh, another goal would be if we can, if we can really create a lasting impact with what we're doing. That would be lovely and have this this really uh, uh, measurable contribution. You know, and it goes hand in hand. You know, the measurable contribution will essentially make us also have greater well-being because it gives a great feeling. You know, when you're contrib- contributing. Um, so that's probably the ultimate goal. Let's see how far how far we get. And anyways, if if I manage to create and, and contribute to my kids' lives already, that would be huge. If I can inspire them a little bit to on this path of of contribution, that would be awesome. Um, so it starts there. What are the main things that listeners should consider when they are thinking about living and investing more sustainably? You know, what are the first steps? Yeah, I don't want to be the preacher. Um, I can just say that for myself personally, it's been one a wonderful feeling to be on this path um, and to dedicate some time every day and and focus on this with colleagues uh, friends family and so i can only recommend for everybody to to take a look take an interest um, and uh, and see if they too can uh, make some more progress um, also whether it's doing something charitable um, i just launched uh, rosberg philanthropies now actually which is our own foundation now mm-hmm. um, but it's still an exploration. Like I haven't found the, the end point yet where it's really like the, 
the absolute focus mm. and, and the big passion. So it's really an exploration where we're doing various things and big collaboration with Oxford University, with the SDG, SDG lab at Oxford, um, which has been lovely. There we're creating real impact, like, mm. wow, that's super cool. Um, and then, uh, but th yeah, so I recommend to everybody to try and try and give yourself a nudge, you know, and uh, take a little bit more interest in, in this space and see if, um, yeah, if you can make progress there. Is there any, any more you can say about the foundation? You say it's in the very initial stages, but do you have some ideas of areas that you might like to focus on that are quite close to your heart or just generally you see need support? Well, the foundation so far has been very focused on green technologies mm -hmm. and environment. Um, and I visited uh, Climeworks, which is the world's leading carbon capture mm -hmm. uh, firm in, near, um, near Zurich. Um, and I visited them last week because what I do with my foundation is to um, essentially pay the salary of a PhD student from Oxford mm -hmm. and also um, enable a, a work placement for him. On the other hand, there's something else that I've been developing, which is um, supporting kids in intensive care. Um, because, of course, having kids, you kind of relate. And I've been visiting intensive care units and, and trying to help just with my presence, like for Formula One fans or whatever, um, which has been nice. And now uh, I've been sponsoring a super nanny um, because um, you can see that, of course, the kids are, are really having such a tough mental time as well. And even the parents are there day and night, you know, and trying to support their kids who are in bed. And, and so a super nanny can really bring such relief uh, to the kids and to the, and to the parents. Um, and there's a big lack of that. So I'm sponsoring Super Nanny in, in, uh, in Milan, intensive care. And, and that's also a lovely project. But it's, um, I think lo long term, probably I would like to also create, which is similar to Julius Bear Foundation, these self-sustaining uh, projects, you know, philanthropic projects that can really be businesses in itself, actually, non-profit businesses. Huh? That's probably a great goal. It seems you've identified some real areas that are close to your heart, close to your family, uh, and also related to your areas of interest. Just final question. Do you think that there are certain key areas that we need to be excited about when it comes to sustainable technology, green technology? What are the things you think really hold potential for making change in the future? Carbon retention. Um, that's uh, um, for firms you know will mount these filters on their chimneys and etc to really like remove all the carbon that's being put up into the air mm. from the get-go from the source mm. um that can be that can be something great um what else of, as i said of course batteries i mean we're electrifying the world here at the moment mm -hmm. um so batteries will play a big role in the battery technology um they've been the energy density has been ramping up rapidly but it's still some way to go uh, it needs to make further progress so that's going to be um that's going to be key. Thank you very much for joining us today, Nico. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you. Some uh, exciting ventures to come, I'm sure. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, Nico, for joining us. And thank you to you at home for listening. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you very much and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Bayer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbayer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast 
constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.